And I think it's actually a very beautiful thing. I think one of the biggest advantages about electric cars is that they're quiet because noise pollution is actually such a big thing on this planet as well. past it uh, dealt with recording mechanical sounds and optimizing the parts that they sound much better so you simply close the door and it's about the ceilings and the lock which make sounds coming from the mechanics itself but uh, now um, we are focusing on uh, synthetical sounds created in the car because <laughs> the car or the, the part doesn't even make any sound uh, like the electric powertrain. Hi everyone, welcome to Let's Talk Mercedes, the podcast by Mercedes-Benz. This is all about exciting topics like mobility, innovation, technology and much more. To open up new perspectives and to gain deeper insights, we meet experts from inside Mercedes-Benz and experts from all over the world. My name is Sarah Elsa, I'm your host and I'm looking forward to discovering the latest news and trends with you. So thank you for listening and now Let's Talk Mercedes. Sounds are a strange thing. We love or hate them. Either way, they trigger strong emotions in us. Scientifically proven, those who suffer from so-called misphonia hate sounds like chewing or clicking pens. On the other hand, a positive example, you can't feel fear when you're singing. So what role do sounds in and around the car play? How does 4D sound influence us? And what happens when a sound engineer meets one of the most popular DJs of our times? This is exactly what we want to find out today with world star Felix Yen and Mercedes-Benz sound expert Thomas Küppers. Hi, guys. Hi. Hey, what's up? <laughs> what's up? I you're didn't know that you can't feel fear when you're singing. Yes. That's a new information to me. <laughs> it's, it's cool, right? I, I think that's the, the reason when we are a child and we had to go down in a dark room or something like that and that, that we started to sing. I think that's the reason behind it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so we're diving deep into the topic <laughs> right now. Um, sounds and, and emotions. <laughs> yeah, so, sounds and emotions. And I'm very curious about our talk and I'm really looking forward to taking our listeners into the world of sounds. But Therefore, I'd like to give them a short introduction of your professional background. Felix, you're, of course, a very hip DJ and music producer, but you're also a Mercedes-Benz <laughs> brand ambassador. If I were to shoot a documentary about your typical day of your everyday life, what would the people see in that documentary? They would see me meditating, first of all. That's what I do every morning. Um, that's my routine. They would see me working out. They would see me in the studio for sure. And usually I would say they would see me traveling, not so much right now, but like my job being a DJ wouldn't like doesn't work without traveling. Right now it doesn't work. I don't play shows. So I'm focused on producing at the moment. But in the past five years, I was traveling pretty much every day. Meditation. So you're not the grumpy kind of guy in the morning. Uh, it does <laughs> take me a little bit to wake up. Don't catch me when I just woke up. So, so what I do is like I wake up, I take like 10, 20 minutes to, to wake up, then I have a cup of tea or hot water, and then I meditate for like 30 minutes. And then I usually exercise, and then I have breakfast, and then I take a shower and get ready, and then I um, disable flight mode and start my day. That's cool. 
I always say, don't talk to me before I had my first coffee. <laughs> um, Thomas, you're a sound designer at Mercedes-Benz. If you had to write just one tweet about the best part of your job, what would it be? Driving and listening, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> But I think uh, you have to explain a little bit more. What is a sound designer? What are you doing exactly? Um, yeah, well, aspect of uh, driving and listening. Yeah, we are, we are um, listening to every aspect on the car. So um, the best thing about it is um, driving cars the whole day and really uh, focused on uh, listening to the sounds of nearly everything um, when you when you close the door when you're listening to the to the turnlight indicator when you're hearing of course the engine or not hearing the engine in an electric vehicle so it's um lots of subjective impressions uh, you take but but very focused sounds like you both have a You're kind of a creative and also innovative uh, job. So let's see if you really have those skills. I read out some lines and I'd like you to finish them, of course, in a creative and innovative way. So no pressure, guys. Sure. <laughs> uh, first line. The last song that was stuck in my head was... Under pressure. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Which is also cool, very cool. So, Felix. <laughs> Mine is uh, Alain Dodds by Stromae. <laughs> Do you remember that? It, Do you remember, remember Alain Dodds? A yeah, French yeah, song. Yeah. From, it was big in ah, 2010. Alain yeah. Dodds. Yeah, exactly. Okay, this was not good. I listened to his album this morning because I saw a video on YouTube about like his life and how he came up. And I was so inspired. I, I played it again. Still a banger. So yeah, good. I think the audience has that song right now in their head again and, and also. So <laughs> thanks for that, Felix. <laughs> Secondly, my favorite place to listen to music is. Yeah, wow. That's, like, it's going to sound a bit cliche now because we're doing a Mercedes-Benz podcast, but it's probably <laughs> the car, to be honest. <laughs> I really enjoy listening to songs while driving. Are these more like the cool slow down songs or is it more like yeah let's drive let's rock and roll whatever i'm into at the moment i also listen to my own songs in the car a lot to reference the sound and just listen to them in a different environment so what about you thomas well um yeah i just uh, recognized that i don't listen to music at home although i would say um at home would be the the most coziest place um to listen to music Yeah, of course, I listen to music in the car um, all day, maybe while driving. Uh, thirdly, and that's a very interesting uh, question for me. I'm very interested in what you say. The concert I would most like to hear, whether in the present, the future or the past, would be. Sometimes I think um, when, when I remember concerts, which really inspired me, uh, were not the ones um, that you know in advance that they will be good or it would be a very... Um, a very cool adventure any favorite band uh, you would like to listen to felix i think like right now like i want to go to a concert by two guys called yatao um and they play the handpan and the didgeridoo and it's like a completely different world of music that i just discovered recently for myself um so i really want to go there and it's more like a like you sit down and everybody is super calm and conscious and they just play the hand pan and it's more like a spiritual journey that sounds great yeah. maybe we can join yeah. <laughs> that sounds great so um felix your your vita looks like you always wanted to do something with music is it really like that or is it just uh thanks to wikipedia 
like I remember when I was like a teenager, I was playing the violin as a kid and I wanted to quit. And my mom always pushed me to continue to play the violin. And I would always say like, yeah, but mom, what's the point? Like, I will never be a musician anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't really believe in myself when I was younger and I had a lot of doubts, but there was always this passion for music. Um, that's for sure. And everyone supported you or was it more like, uh, yeah, Felix, please uh, study something, do something which is right. Music is nothing you can live with. Uh, definitely there were some different phases. I think overall my parents always supported me, but of course there was a time where they pressured me to go to uni and I did actually study business for like two months. I didn't even <laughs> write the first exams. After two months at uni, I was already like, nah, this is not going to happen. <laughs> Uh, because I was just there listening to new songs uh, all the time anyway. I didn't focus on, on what I was studying. <laughs> and then when I told them that I was going to quit uni, of course, there was a lot of pressure from the family because they were just worried about me, I guess. But then it only took me like six months before I started making money and I could live off music. So it wasn't really a big discussion anymore. You mentioned that you were playing the violin. I don't know how long, but <laughs> obviously it was not your passion. Why did you become a DJ and a music producer and um, you're not playing in a band right now? I did play the violin for like seven years. And I would say that it was my passion for quite some time. I started when I was like six years old and I heard the sound of a violin at a school concert. And I just came home and I was like, I want to know how to do that. Like, I just loved the sound so much um, it, and it touched me deeply. This was like, how I guess, how I discovered music for myself. So um, you've been the more than the nerd guy in the, in, the, in the school time or? Not really. I was also <laughs> playing uh, football and tennis at the same time, which is why I quit playing the violin at some point, because I couldn't be at the orchestra at a tennis tournament and at a football match all in one weekend. So I had to decide. And for me, the focus was just the sport at that time. And uh, then I was actually injured and I had to quit football and tennis. And that's when DJing came into my life. <laughs> so then the sport was gone. So I went back into music and I was a teenager, like 15, 16 when I started. And this was when I was also starting like to have the first parties with friends, just like birthday parties. And there wasn't streaming yet. It wasn't so big. So it was still download based music. And a lot of my friends didn't really have a collection of music. So I was always the guy just bringing my playlists. And from that, it kind of started that I was like putting on the songs and then bought some equipment and started to actually learn how to DJ. And I like discovered this world. That's the point where we recognize that we are older than Felix because we had to use the CD uh, thing. <laughs> <laughs> Even mini disc, do you know mini disc? There was, mini -disc. There was something in between. Uh, just okay. a small piece of you, time. You're yeah. winning. You're the oldest one here. <laughs> do you know the time? Remember the time when you were sitting in front of the radio and then the song came and you th said, "Oh yes, I have to record this," and you jumped out of your, I don't know, of your bed or the couch or anything, and then you recorded it and the the mother was always talking on that sound and I thought Psh, it's not over yet why could you why, why do you do that and uh, no <laughs> I just shazam and then I can stream it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we definitely are not going to talk about the age anymore um, <laughs> I feel bad about it but we're talking about uh, new technology right now so this is a good point 
Does new technology mean that you need another production process and a new kind of workflow and even new skills? Yeah, I would say so, for sure. Um, I feel like like I, I haven't really lived through different phases yet because I've only been doing it for like producing. I started 2012, so it's like eight years. Um, and I was always a, like a digital kid. I started on a laptop. Um, but if I think like way back, you needed a really expensive recording studio. Not everybody had the gear like to get like all the reverbs and compressors and delays and, and all this stuff you need. Now it's just all in the box and you can download the software for like, I don't know, 100, 200 euros or whatever. And then you can basically produce a song that com can compete with global sound standards um, just on a laptop when you're a kid. Um, and I think that's actually a really beautiful thing because it, it's enabling everybody to do it. It's just giving you the tools to be creative. Hmm. Does new technology impact your workflow? Yeah, definitely. From to, to come back to the profession, yes, the, the whole NVH, the whole acoustics department in the past, it uh, dealt with recording mechanical sounds and optimizing the parts that they sound much better. So you simply close the door and it's about the ceilings and the lock, which make sounds coming from the mechanics itself. But uh, now um, we are focusing on uh, synthetical sounds created in the car because <laughs> the car or the, the part doesn't even make any sound uh, like the electric powertrain um, or like the, like the starter. Um, you don't hear that you start an electric vehicle. So we are more on the, on the artist side, creating sounds from scratch without having any mechanical issues or, or borders we, uh, which we have to stay in. What are your thoughts on... Sorry. No, no, no. Just ask your question. I didn't want to interrupt you. What are your thoughts on the sounds of electric cars? Should they have a sound or should they just stay as quiet as possible? <laughs> I wouldn't have a job <laughs> if I would say, yeah. oh, they, they, they don't have to make any sound. But uh, yes. No, but you can make sounds inside and whatever. But yeah. like when a car passes you on the street, do you think we should be able to hear it? I don't prefer any really synthetical warning sounds um, beeping out of uh, electric cars. No, that's that's horrible, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I agree, actually. And I think people <laughs> just need to look up. I mean, when I was a kid and I went to school, we learned left, right, left, and you just yeah. learned to look, you know. And now everybody's on their phone. It's like, no, but we need to hear the cars coming. No, you can see them coming. So I don't I don't really see the security uh, and safety issue with that as well, to be honest. Um, yeah. And I think it's actually a very beautiful thing. I think one of the biggest advantages about electric cars is that they're quiet because noise pollution is actually such a big thing on this planet as well. So Definitely. I think that's a good one. Yeah. Felix just crashed my, my question order. <laughs> that oh, was a part sorry. later I this is a conversation. <laughs> no, he's thinking in advance. It's, it's, okay. it's very cool. Because <laughs> I, I wanted to ask that thing um, because, Felix, you're driving an EQC. So what's your experience with it? All good. I didn't have any issues. I, I really enjoy it. And I also love that it's so quiet inside um, because... It's just more pleasant. I don't need noise around me that's distracting me from the engine. So, um, and I feel like I can hardly hear what's going on outside as well. Like just enough to be aware and to like to drive in traffic. But it's a really beautiful thing if you want to have a conversation or listen to music or just enjoy the quiet. It's like, 
Wow, it's 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 so quiet. I, I really like that. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I'm a big fan. So can you understand that there are some petrol heads who are discussing very roughly about that sound? Do you understand it? Well, um, I believe the the sound experience you get um, in in dealing with a, with a car like that it, it gives you trust because you get information um, when you're when you're touching the car when you're interacting with it and uh, you receive the the sound. It just it's it's one added channel to your personal human sense, and this this creates trust. So I can understand that people want to hear when they interact with the car. But on the other hand, I think the biggest fail on, on EVs, if, you, if you're if you not recognizing that it's it might become a very new product um, and um, sticking to the, to the old habits of uh, combustion engines or engine cars, even the way we use the cars, I think that's, that's a lot of that should be changed. The electric vehicle is a, is a completely different product. And um, my professional job is really to deal with with also with petrol heads but also to enhance this um, sound experience you get in the car so i'm doing a lot of research on uh, creating uh, synthetical uh, sounds in the car for driving on the one hand it leaves the vehicle very silent uh, when driving with low speed but when you really hit the throttle it's just another emotional push when you hear the when you really hear the feedback and and the sound yeah no i bet that it's adding like a whole nother dimension to the experience yep, definitely um, i can totally see that and it's like a big fun factor i guess and also probably because we're used to it like you already said it's like people are just used to having the sound and they're used to having the feedback so i totally get that they're missing Before we go deeper in that topic, I just want to show our audience what your job is like, Thomas, because when we are talking about sound, um, there's plenty of aspects for you. I mean, you have to take care of safety issues, sound requirements inside and outside the car. Could you try to paint a picture what your job is really about? I mean, you also mentioned a lot of things, but maybe some some aspects you can point out right now. Mm, so generally, I'm working in the NVH department for acoustics, which which deals. Um, I've already mentioned with um, with the sounds the vehicle created mechanically. But as time passes, uh, a lot of uh, sounds get uh, synthetical. The most prominent uh, example is the turn light indicator, which uh, was a relay times before. But right now it's coming through your speaker, and we do have a lot of lot of engineering work when you are um, optimizing that sound, because um, in every vehicle it might be delivered from um, or played back from a different software. You have different speakers, but uh, as an engineer, you want that to sound in every vehicle uh, equally. It is about functional but also emotional sound design. Am I right? Definitely. There are many uh, technical parts and, and issues you have to solve every day. But on the other hand, a lot of targets are um, subjectively rated. So you, you can't judge them or there, there are no, no values you can reach, uh, which uh, a technical engineer would prefer. So it's a lot of yeah, tweaking and listening. And it's, uh, that's the more artist and emotional part of that. What about you, Felix? What is important for your creative process? Um, 
what my work is like, um, there's like different fields. Like I'm a DJ. Um, that's how I perform music. Like I mix records and I perform on stage. And basically I just want to make people dance and have a good time and forget about their troubles in the world for like a moment and dive into like a world together. Um, and then the other thing is producing music and writing music. That's like the more, I would say even more creative part. I do think that playing DJ sets is creative too, because it's about telling a story and mixing the right tracks at the right time and taking people on a journey. But it's more an interact a part of where a lot of interact uh, interacting is happening, and I'm engaging with the crowd and we create the dynamic together. In this studio, I'm more in my own zone and I'm really like more nerdy focused on like little details like tweaking a clap for like an hour or something like this and just making sure everything sounds right and getting the music ready and creating new songs that I then go out and DJ again and play it to the crowd and share it with the people. So those are kind of like the the two worlds um, that that I live in really. Maybe we can inspire you for some new sounds because I think Thomas brought some with him. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, just to, to mention some, some examples. I'm also split or, or kept in those two worlds. We have the one hand, uh, the one world of, of engineering. So you would imagine a sound designer would tweak Uh, the the turn light indicator sound the whole day sitting there one hour and tweaking on the on the highs and on the lows and uh, shelving and filtering and uh, optimizing it but no usually when we first experience a new prototype vehicle it sounds like that <laughs> so stumbling a little bit yeah <laughs> stumbling very arithmetic um And uh, also uh, playing double, um, double at the same time. Um, How's that? Why is that? Yeah. So the the the, the software um, which uh, plays back um, is always delivered by different um, suppliers, and you have to trace back. Sometimes in the in the first part, there, yeah, the, the software is really badly designed, or you have some some troubles in CPU load, and so it it gets stumbling. And um, as an engineer, you have to trace back where this um, this issue is caused, and tell them, well, just optimize that and so the the finishing touch the really sound design tweaking um, <clears throat> it starts really then when the when the software is good and so couldn't you just reuse the running software <laughs> this <laughs> no talk right now this is happening yeah 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 but this is a whole okay, new wow. story <laughs> um but That's a, that's a good example. Do you yeah. have another one here where we are sitting? Since we're sitting here and doing a podcast, do you have another example? So, I mean, that's the, the first thing you get. That is the sound. And what do you create out of it? So the result is then that they get we, the, the perfect Mercedes-Benz turn light uh, sound. It's a quite classical thing I think we have um, implemented and quite historic. So we try to... Um, reproduce that sound in nearly every vehicle so you're both using sounds uh, in your work how do you create a sound that in your case wants the people but isn't terribly annoying and in your case which maybe wakens up the people but is not like whoa my god what is, what is felix doing here what does that sound mm -hmm. like how do you create it and on which parts do you focus on i think a good example is our current pedestrian warning sound so the the avis system we call it it's rule by law 
um, that all the electric vehicles need to emit such a sound. But what we did was not to create a synthetical spaceship sound coming out of the vehicle, but we therefore enhanced the natural um, rolling noise the vehicle usually emits and um, just just enhance that also for slower speeds. So you do recognize the vehicle, but you don't hear, oh, it's the Avis of the Mercedes-Benz brand coming over there. It's just the rolling noise you hear. Um, so I think that's a more timeless uh, way of thinking instead of creating um Yeah, a really outstanding sound because this will be unpleasant in a couple of years, I guess. <laughs> Even yeah, when, you when, have when, to change it like every year. Sound yeah. changes so fast. <laughs> 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 Or people can customize it, like everybody can choose their own sound and then we just have like a mess of different noises on the street. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be, would be horrible, I guess. Yeah. A sound explosion. Yeah. But Felix, you're using very different sounds in your songs so how do you choose them is it more like oh this is a fancy thing i never heard it or is it more like yeah this fits in perfectly it's it's harmonic <laughs> i yeah i just go by my personal taste really with whatever i do i just try to not think too much and feel more and if a sound like moves me and touches me then i go with it and Usually I try to, my main thing is always trying to mix electronic sounds and real instruments. So I usually always have like a piano or a guitar or a marimba or a handpan maybe soon, who knows, after going to Yatao's concert um, and have those like organic sounds because I think those are also sounds that everybody, including myself, really likes because they're organic, you know, it's like real instruments. And then when you dive into electronic sounds, like anything is possible and you can just create a sound from scratch and make it sound like whatever you want it to sound like by using different waveforms and filters and envelopes and effects and all of that. Um, but yeah, like without going too much into detail, basically it's just by my personal feeling. Um, And I noticed, like, listening back over the last couple of years that the sound is constantly changing and it's a never-ending story. Like, I personally change and my life goes on and I, I develop as a human being. And with that development, also the songs and the sounds change. And I don't only notice this with the sounds itself, but also with the overall composition and vibe and lyrical content of the songs, too. Like when I'm feeling moody, I'm making moody songs. And when I'm happy, I want to make happy songs again. And it's like, it's it's always a journey. <laughs> <laughs> it's evolutionary sound. <laughs> Luckily, I can. I was just thinking about that because you said you were like, your goal is to create a timeless sound that like can stay in the car forever. That This would be like the best case scenario, I guess, if you create the sound of an electric vehicle that's going to be used for hundreds of years. With me, it's more like, single by single like of course i try to keep it like within like some kind of ci but i can just do whatever with every new production um how does that feel for you that like or how's it for you do you have that freedom as well sometimes yeah well um when we're creating some sounds um <laughs> Let's say I know the problem very well that when you're going moody in the car and you, you want to tweak the sound, sometimes you get in the car and think, oh, holy shit, what did I do yesterday? <laughs> It doesn't sound very good. And and because you're just in the in the wrong mood. Um, I wouldn't say 
at the point we are right now um for for timeless for timeless sounds i think you have to have a a history which you can which you can lean on so for the for the turn light indicator as i said we have a history but when you're looking into electric vehicles i think um, we are now creating yeah, very very much sounds out of the scratch and you can't produce it uh, or you, you can't go to um, to create sounds which are almost legendary right now because they are not legendary you create them right now and you can't think of the of the future but what you can do is really look on look on every aspect as well as on on the technical part so it it needs to meet the exact requirement uh, the exact association you would like to have so if you push the throttle um, maybe right now in your head there, there goes a story which which you hear um, what your association is about pushing the throttle and we want to create exactly that sound and it's quite hard to know because uh, many people have uh, different associations but i guess in in general yeah there is a big thing you can combine in everyone or you can you can find in everyone so um yeah might be yeah there might be different uh, styles but on the one hand pushing the throttle you know that even um if a car goes uh, faster you know the frequencies are going up that's a that's a physical law and that's something you can then lean on and it gives you also back to the the trust but um Right now, creating creating sounds which might become legendary. I don't know if that's um, possible. The story of my mom is when she's starting the engine is like, I'm I'm going for a ride. I'm going on a journey, and I want to relax. And when I start the engine, my story is okay. Let's go out <laughs> for an adventure. <laughs> so this is very cool, and brings me to one point. In every podcast episode, we pick a recent headline to discuss, and this time I found the following. Heavy metal from Borges freight to mainstream. There was an article of Deutsche Welle about the development from heavy metal and how it became a mass phenomenon. In music and fashion, everything comes back from the past and becomes a trend again. So is retro sound an option for you, maybe as a mixture or maybe something you say, this is the base and I'm going to develop it. Is that something which you can uh, imagine, Felix? Mm, yeah, for sure. I can totally imagine reusing old stuff. I mean, I'm like probably best known for doing a cover of Shaka Khan's Ain't Nobody. <laughs> and I didn't use any of the sounds there, but I used the composition and the lyrical content and the song. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. I think something that was amazing 10, 20, 30, 40, 100 years ago will always be amazing and it's about kind of reinventing it and incorporating it into your own world and kind of um yeah making something new out of out of it it's like for me when covering or sampling or remixing which are like three big terms in in music to do that um it's like taking taking a person and giving the person a new dress a new look you know it's still gonna be the same person but it's At the same time, it's a completely different vibe. So you can do that in music too. Yeah, I think um, retro is a good thing because you can hook on the associations people have with that. So, um, yeah, let's talk about electric vehicles. Of course, everybody tells you, well, I want I want my combustion engine back. And I would say we probably won't do a, a very 
perfect combustion engine sounding synthetically in a car. I think that's that's uh, on the one hand technically very hard to do, and on the other hand it wouldn't fit the associations of the people. But you can hook on some some small elements when you when you push the throttle, the the rumbling of an AMG you might know. So um, yes, in in terms of retrofitting is is also a good option to to hook on those associations. Yes. And a good keyword is also, um, yeah, the mass phenomenon. For economic success, it is essential to address the broad mass. At the same time, you both have to be kind of extraordinary because you create a sound. Mercedes-Benz needs its own sound. And for you, it's the same. You, you have your brand. So you both have to be extraordinary on the one hand. But on the other hand, you have to really focus on the, on the broad mass. How do you manage the balancing act between creativity and the broad compatibility? Well, we ask, we simply ask as many people as possible uh, for the opinions and um, trying to to filter the answers we get and trying to uh, involve them or include them in our sound design. So what about you, Felix? I mean, a lot of people and media are talking about you and your your music. Do you even listen to them or do you say, I do my own thing and the people, and maybe they like it, but maybe not, but it's still me. I like do my own thing as much as I can and want to, but I also consciously stay within certain boundaries because I want to reach as many people as possible. Like for the past two years, I've been working on a concept album where I'm like sharing my own personal story of my personal development and growth from like feeling super bad and having panic attacks to now living happily and freely in the present moment. And I decided for myself to use my reach as an artist to share all these, this um, content and the answers that I have, I have found. Um, so having this as my purpose, of course, I want to reach as many people as possible and try to like plant the seed of mindfulness and, and consciousness and as many people as possible to live a happy and, and free life and laugh and peace and happiness. <laughs> um, so I know that of course, like with the length of the songs or certain chord structures or tonalities or instrument, instruments and stuff like if i would now release a 10 minute instrumental song of course it wouldn't stream 100 million times i already know that there's no no way that it's going to do that so i do stay in like like there's a certain code in everything and also in like dance and pop music um if you respect that and stay within this box and then within this box i can do whatever i want and i, I can be completely free um and i think it's important to know like which box you want to belong to, because in the end, everything is always in some kind of category. You mentioned the length of a song. I mean, I have the feeling that we have such a short attention span. When we go on Instagram, for example, we swipe our feet every 1.7 seconds. That is so fast. And we don't take any time for anything. Um, Felix, do you think we have unlearned to enjoy those things? I think it's a general trend in humanity that the um, like that the time that we give one thing just becomes shorter and shorter. And I think we just have too much happening around us all the time and there are just too many sensory impressions 
that it's almost impossible to to actually focus on one thing unless you consciously decide to do it and that's why personally i meditate every day to to learn and to practice to be present and actually do what i'm doing right now um and yeah of course like social media for example and streaming and all this new technology that's amazing and can be a great tool um is also fueling this trend um that personally I don't think is good and is not healthy for us because I see a lot of people around me and myself, I struggled with it before as well, um, feeling sad because of it and feeling anxious and like kind of losing a sense of reality because of it. Um, hmm. But yeah, it's that's the trend, you know, and it, it, it would be pointless to know that everybody is listening to shorter songs and then make 10-minute songs just to be like, yeah, I don't do this, you know. <laughs> well, if nobody's going to listen, what's the point? You know, you need to kind of meet people where they are too. <laughs> um, that's also a good point. Before a song or a sound is released, it must be tested. So how and where do you test your work? Oh, that's that's a really hard question because um, on the one hand, we have, of course, car clinics where we um, ask uh, people, even, even globally from uh, all our customers all over the world. Um, but of course, you can do those tests only with, with simple things. Let's say you could test if our turn lighting indicator should sound really like that or have some few other examples how it should sound and then they can rate uh, which one should be more pleasant for the for Mercedes-Benz but this test is only um, only guilty if um, if you're really in in the mood and maybe if you're really sitting in the car because um, also the the impression of the sound it changes a lot depending on the environment where you're where you're sitting and the sounds I'm dealing with so let's talk about synthetical uh, powertrain sounds they are so complex <laughs> you can't uh, ask uh, lots of people um, how to judge them so um, what we do is definitely drive with um, many colleagues and um, yeah we have a demonstration vehicle where we um, can listen to those uh, sounds and drive it interactively so we try to inspire ourselves and uh, by that um, yeah controlling ourselves a little bit um, And of course, then you have a lot of engineers, um, which you um, um, also um, give the vehicle to and ask them what's their opinion. And Do you have a preferred uh, testing group, Felix? I do have, yeah, I do have a bunch of friends and people in my team um, whose opinion I trust a lot. And I, I sent them the songs beforehand. But to be honest, like just recently, I also noticed that Usually I already know what the person's going to say because I kind of learn what their taste is. And then I send it to the person that will most likely say what I want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I always come back to the point with music that I just try to overthink less and ask less for opinions because everybody's going to have a different opinion based on their current mood and life and what's going on and what they've been listening to yesterday and so on. There's so many factors that you can't control. Um, and I find like in my early days before I had a big team and uh, the pressure to make radio hits all the time, I was just like, was just myself in a bedroom making beats and uploading them to SoundCloud 
and sharing it with the people. And like one day later, I know, you know, I'm going to see by the reaction of the people, are they listening to it? Are they sharing it? Are they commenting on it? Um, that's the beautiful thing now um, that I don't really, I don't have the release pressure like you have probably for a car where everything has to be perfect. And then it's, you know, this car is launching worldwide and being manufactured so, so many times. It's like, we just upload the song on Spotify and one day later you see, you can watch the algorithms, you can see like the skip rates, the collection rates, and then we know, you know, if it touches people or it doesn't. Is that something which impacts your work, the algorithm thing, or is it just like, no, we don't care? <laughs> um, it is in terms of what we talked about before with the song length and stuff that I, of course, like I tried to be as free as possible, but of course it's in the back of my head. Um, but other than that, I, I don't really care because I've also seen in the past years that some of the songs that everybody on my team liked, including myself, and we thought it's going to be the biggest song of the year, like they didn't really connect at all. And then we had some songs that nobody thought like would do anything like Cheerleader Remix, my biggest song ever that like was my first hit and went to number one in 55 countries and so on. Like nobody liked it in the beginning and they put it out and they didn't put any promo behind it for six months until it organically started to grow in Sweden through streaming because it was added to one playlist and then people liked it and they shared it and it just becomes, you know, this like snowball effect and just goes like bigger and bigger and bigger. I just try to do what I like and hope that other people will like it too. Yeah, I hope that music uh, will remain something which is far away from algorithms. I, I read that also AI can create music, but I hope it won't be the normal thing in our life. But speaking of the future, we are unfortunately at the end of our podcast. I want to talk a little bit about our future. Thomas, the role of the car is in a transition. It becomes more and more something like the third living space, especially when we think of autonomous driving in the future. What does that mean for the sound in the car? Maybe something which is linked to 4D sound or ambient light, the holistic approach. Yeah, we we are thinking that the, the people are spending much more time in the car and um, yeah enjoy a little bit of the of the recreation you know and when you're now driving autonomously you can focus on your work or even yeah recreate your, yourself and enjoy it and i think the the people will have time and will maybe enjoy holistic multimedia installations inside the car and from the sound aspect we also are trying to include the people so you can create or think of a spa of the relaxing atmosphere and there's always a, a special music a played back very relaxing style and we also have this energizing comfort feature right now introduced in in, in the s-class yeah it's a kind of a holistic approach a holistic art installation you um, you can enjoy in the car and uh, speaking of the s-class the 4d sound Yeah, it's something uh, very cool. Maybe you can explain it a little bit. Yeah, the, the 4D sound is a new cool feature we have um, in the seats, integrated shakers, which lets you feel some of the frequencies played back in the music. So <laughs> it's also a thing you, you can't only hear with that with your ears, but you can also feel it in your um, in your back. You get more and more involved in the sound and and included in this um, in this atmosphere, and maybe can relax and shut down, cut off the world around you. Does that impact your What work? What kind of sounds like the bass? Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It, it might, it might impact my work. I don't know yet. <laughs> so, what is it like? So, you feel like you're in the club 
Or yeah, a little like bit, like, like the bumping the bass. bass. Yeah, you, you hear um, and you feel, yeah. At the end of each podcast episode, we would like to take a look into the future. What is your wish for traveling in terms of mobility in the future, especially according maybe to sound, but you can choose freely. And what is missing in your opinion should be invented or what should be more widely distributed? Thomas, you start. You're the car guy. So uh, when I think about traveling of the future, I, I, my biggest wish is I think that it, it gets just more relaxing. And we are developing much more technology in the vehicle. And I really enjoy and appreciate that as an, as an engineer. But on the other hand, what, what's lacking is a little bit of the, the empathy that the car can, can feel for you and can also express the feelings and recognize uh, your feelings. So I'm, I'm looking a little bit for the connection between um, technology and um, let's say an emotional soul of the car. And maybe also um, not to have those aggressive uh, drivers on the street. When I'm thinking about autonomous driving, maybe this will this will help. That that it's a it's a journey you can uh, enjoy when having your ride, even if it's your own vehicle or if um, you have shared mobility where the personality of the car is then uh, switched between the cars uh, you take, um, and it doesn't have to be your own uh, owned car that shared vehicles get much more attractive. Felix, what do you say? What is missing for the future or what should be invented? I really love what Thomas just said about the just the consciousness behind driving. Like the I love the sharing aspect of it too. I love that you like literally like think about where you're driving. Do I have to drive? Do I drive by myself? This is like I think one of the things about autonomous driving that I'm most excited about is that I once went to a presentation where they told me like they have some ideas at Mercedes-Benz how to use the cars. Like if like, let's say I'm driving to work and then the car's just standing around for eight hours, but in the same time it could function as a shuttle and drive somewhere else and pick someone up. And like this, like this, there would be less traffic and you just use the cars that exist in a, in a more efficient way. I think this would be a really cool thing, for example. Um, and other than that, I really love um, everything that's making the ride more comfortable because then we will have less of those angry drivers that you just mentioned. <laughs> you know? And I know that you amplify those let's stay uh, calm and relaxed mood of us with your music as well. And at the end of the podcast, I don't want to make a, a premiere out of it, but I want you to maybe reveal something, Felix, which is very interesting for our audience because you've been busy a long time right I now. I have. What have I, you I've done? I've been working on my second <laughs> studio album and I'm about to finish it. And I'm so excited for it. There's a new song that I'm actually hopefully finishing this week. I don't think I mentioned it anywhere, but it's called I Just Wanna. And it's really cool. I love it. I wrote it in L.A. in February. And it's going to come out with two amazing artists um, from the States, too. And then, yeah, I don't really want to say much more about it. Like, just stay tuned and <laughs> be ready for some cool music. Um, I'm really proud of all the songs that are coming up. Have you been in a good mood? At that time, or was it's, it a more like a, a sad mood? So is it is it a cool, fancy song, or is it more like this a, song a, a, a is, sad is one? super happy and vibey, and it's about love and about feeling good together. And this is like me arriving now at, at the story because the story I've written it starts really sad, 
And then it's like a process through self-love and breathing and meditation and realizations. And it ends with me being super happy. And that's where I am right now. So that's what the music is going to reflect to. It's quite the same thing. I enjoyed that podcast that much. And I'm very, very happy <laughs> that you both oh, took your did time. Did you start sad, though? <laughs> no, <laughs> I was... I, to, like, be, to be honest... <laughs> no, but to be honest, I came in here. I found no parking space. And to be honest, I was not sad. I was a little bit like the, the grumpy driver we were talking about. So you really lightened up my day. That was so cool. Thank you so much. Thanks for your time. And of course, thanks for listening. If you don't want to miss our next episode, subscribe to our podcast, Let's Talk Mercedes. And of course, we would love to hear your feedback. So leave a rating and a comment. Thanks for tuning in. Stay happy and bye-bye.